This is Jody Vesley here again with the Heartway Pastor and Missionary Caregiver Podcast. It's been a little while uh, since our last episode. Uh, Things have been going on that have prevented, uh, have gotten in the way of, of continuing with the regularity of the podcast. And so I apologize for that. Uh, honestly, a lot uh, has been on my mind in terms of uh, the next episode and what that would look like. And I've been going back and forth on it. I uh, just want to take a second and um, just kind of speak directly to those of you listening in today that are going through some sort of grief. Um, this episode isn't on grief, but uh, you know it's important to grieve, but you can't get stuck in the grieving. You have to keep moving. You have to keep pushing forward. You have to keep running the race, so to speak. And so today, the 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 episode is still within the theme of the series, the need for care. The last one was about pausing, and it's so important to pause. I know so many people who have gone through burnout, uh, a lot of people who are in the process of going through burnout, and a lot of people who are, you know, just headed that direction and don't realize it. Uh, or maybe they realize it, but like many before them, they think, well, I just got to keep pushing. I just got to keep pushing. And that is true. That is true. We do need to keep pushing, but keep pushing in wisdom uh, also. And so, um, you know, that's that's something to consider on, uh, to think on. When we talk about this need for care and this idea today of, of pushing yourself, not just pausing, but also pushing because we can't get stuck in pausing. Uh, first thing I want to address is sufferings that could have ended the pursuing of my call. Sufferings that I went through that could have ended the pursuing of my call. And there's a lot more um, than I'm going to mention today. Uh, everything today, I think, really just has to do with uh, major, major events in, in the world and uh, major ministry uh, events. But there's there's a lot more in this that that that's not going to be mentioned today. Um, the first suffering that that could have ended me pursuing my call was the lack of acceptance of my calling. There were, you know, some some people that tried to discourage me from going into ministry that, that maybe thought, you know, I could do a lot better for myself and my family, not in ministry. Because we all know, right, in ministry, um, there's, there's a lot of struggle in that. Uh, you know, personally... Uh, for your family, financially, and so I think I think a lot of the lack of acceptance stemmed from from that knowing that it would be a, a difficult road, knowing that it would be a hard road. Uh, 
and so for some guys that just discourages and they just they just give up right away um, or or just weighs on them and it eventually wears them down before they give up on that call um, not to say that I'm above any of that uh, just want to make that clear um, I don't at any point in my podcast uh, think of myself as more think of myself in higher terms than someone else I uh, actually look up to a lot of guys and uh, a lot of guys really impress me and what they and what they do and what they manage to do um, and their their faith and how God uses them uh, so right off the bat I want to say um, you know saying this this is just uh, in in my perspective in my window and you have to you have to look at it that in those parameters um, not in comparison the second one the second suffering that could have ended my pursuit of my calling is uh, was the move to seminary uh, in the midst of a recession a major recession in 2008 2009 I think I went into that um, in earlier episodes no jobs at that time really there weren't people hiring that weren't um, we didn't have insurance personally because we had quit our jobs um, and Gabby had become pregnant during that time like right at right at that time uh, obviously that could have you know the easy out <laughs> we were we were talking about this uh, recently that it's it's kind of funny in some ways when you know you're in ministry and somebody's like well have you thought about going uh bivocational have you thought about going the secular route uh, of course we have <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer that for every minister out there of course we have it is a major temptation for a lot of guys um you know that the money is tempting the the eight to five schedule is tempting. The regularity of it is tempting. Um, there's there's a lot of things tempting about that lifestyle to people in ministry during difficult seasons. That it almost seems like, wow, that why wouldn't you do that? Um, and so uh, that uh, recessions recessions can be tough uh, on, on guys. They are tough on guys. Uh, sufferings that could have ended the pursuit of my call. Number three, the financial hardships during seminary. Oof. Just, just thinking on the seminary years, I just thank God. <laughs> um, I don't know how, I really don't know how we did it other than just God. Um, I can't explain it, but it worked out. But it is, you know, again, a temptation to bail. There's temptation to bail on those difficulties, to bail on the calling. Uh, sufferings that could have ended my pursuit of the call. Number four, uh, in my sending church, the pastor resigned right after the church voted to be my sending church. Um, that is something that is, if you're not a missionary, um and you haven't been a missionary, that's, that drastically affects the missionary and his ability to uh, be effective in raising support and getting 
you know, trust built among partners because the sending church, you know, seems to be very up and down. And that's concerning for for some people. Um, you know, some missionaries could be discouraged too in this and just, just bail. Um, again, I don't want to talk up about myself. You just have to look at the context of what, uh, you know, just of what I was going through uh, and not comparing it to what others went through. Uh, number five, the first national meeting and that I had ever been to, that my wife had ever been to, and they denied straight up there um, me as a missionary and really basically ridiculed me, uh, people who didn't know me, um, trying to say that you know, I wasn't prepared like I should have been, uh, even though I had been through two bachelor degrees at that point, and um, you know, now I have a master's and uh, had had ministry experience, and uh, yeah, <laughs> all I can do is laugh now because you know it's not me, it's God. You know, God. Uh, God used us and is using us despite despite that. But again, some people might have just gotten discouraged, angry, and been like, I'm out of here. Um, I, I could have very well done that myself, uh, but for some reason I didn't. And uh, thank God for that. Number six, uh, sufferings that could have ended my pursuit of the call of the next pastor after the first pastor of my sending church. Uh, resigned. The next pastor resigned just before our move to Russia. So he, just, he was just there 11 months. Um, again, a real big blow in terms of support, uh, networking, that kind of stuff. Really a challenge. And there's the move to the field with great uncertainty in terms of the sending church and the leadership there. So that was, to say, a challenge. Yep. All right. Uh and I, you know what? I let this guy, this stuff, be of encouragement to you guys listening. Yeah, uh, whatever happens, uh, just stick with your pursuit of the call, and God will take care of you. I mean, He took care of us, and He is uh, number seven. Uh, the law changes in Russia. That was rough. Uh, people were getting kicked out of the country. People were getting denied access to the country. Um, Religious groups that were meeting in homes were getting um, pulled apart, people getting deported, people getting arrested, people getting fined. It was a serious blow to um, the openness of, of, of mission work there. And that happened in the midst of our time there in St. Petersburg, Russia, before uh, we organized our church there. So... Uh, despite that, you know, we could have we could have left, but we didn't. We stayed stayed pursuing that call, and God blessed. Number eight, COVID. <laughs> oh man, everyone could put this on there. Uh, COVID ended a lot of churches. Is ending a lot of churches. Still ended a lot of guys in ministry. Still is ending a lot of guys in ministry. Still put a lot of people in counseling. Still is putting a lot of people in counseling. Still. Um, there's no words to describe it other than COVID. Number nine, um, not being able to return to Russia. That 
just being real honest and frank about that. Um, when something like that happens to a ministry family, when they just can't get back, I mean, you can't describe the feelings, the emotions, the turmoil, the chaos, the questioning. You you can't you just you can't express it unless you've been through it. You just can't. It's it's completely inadequate for me to describe this. To you guys, I, I I can do my best, but I'm not doing it today. Uh, that's just one of the sufferings that could have ended my pursuit of the call. Uh, and 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 for most people, I think that's that's it. Like boom, once that happens, you can't get back in. It's over, and uh, there's no room for anything else. It's just like yep, um, got to go on to the next thing. God shut that door. Uh, thankfully for us, uh, he opened that door in a unique way, uh, a new door in a unique way upon shutting that door. And so, um, you know, we, we felt like we needed to keep pursuing that call. And I feel like God is blessing and has blessed and is providing and continues to provide that brings me to my next point. <laughs> uh, this list is going to continue. It's going to continue. Number 10 is is real and in the moment for me right now. And that's the great decline of support for our ministries, financial support for our ministries in a struggling economy. Who, who, who would say that Heartway Care... Heartway pastor and missionary caregivers is not needed and greatly, greatly needed and and promote us in doing that. Like that type of support is not the type of support we struggle with getting. It's just the financial support and that, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the stuff that's connected with, with raising that support, but there's no, there's no denying that. As long as I can remember, the economy's never been as bad as it is right now, and I don't really care what any news program says about that. I mean, get to, get to talking with people. <laughs> it's it's not good. It's not good. And so that's going to affect churches. That's going to affect missionaries. That's going to affect pastors, ministers, that's going to affect their families. And of course, that's a reflection of it affecting the church, the people in the church. Uh, it, it, it's We're all struggling together. And I think it's important to keep that in mind is you're not alone. Everyone is struggling during this time. I say everyone, not everyone, but the mass majority of people in the world are struggling at this time. Struggling financially. Struggling with budgeting during this this crazy 
time and the economy and the world. So despite that, you know, we're we're keeping on with our focus of the call that we've had. We're not you know, as long if if I have any, you know, if there's anything on my end I can do at all, it's not to give up on this call and keep pursuing the call. Not give up on this call and keep pursuing the call. Trusting, trusting, trusting for God to provide, for God to make a way, for God to bless, for God to continue working, and this trust and faith that as I pursue the call that He's called both me and my wife to, that God will provide. And so we're pushing. We're pushing. We're pushing ourselves toward God, toward following Him, following His calling. And I want to encourage you to keep doing the same, whether you're called to ministry, whether you're just following, when you're following God's plan for your life, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, keep going. Keep going. Keep pushing. Don't give up and don't pause too long. Eventually, you got to push and you got to go. You know, many times we could benefit from more involved in motivational care. I think all of us could say that. Everyone could say that. There's many times that we could have and could and will benefit if we would let it happen from more involved in motivational care, whether that's coaching, whether that's accountability. You know, I'm not saying that others are necessary to help you to have a decent ministry in terms of care. I'm saying that others can greatly benefit you, your family, and your ministry in terms of care. You can do it on your own. Uh, you can you can be the lone ranger. I mean, you can you know, do it with a small team. Maybe maybe you don't really need care. Maybe you maybe the care that you get, um, you know, just from the spirit in you is is enough, and you don't you don't need that uh, church support system uh, as much as others need it. And uh, you know, and it's things are decent. But I am saying that despite that, others could greatly benefit you, your family, and your ministry in terms of care if you would let them. Uh, that That is true. That's a true statement. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, the last episode was about pausing, but we can't always be stuck in a pause, right? There are times when we need to push ourselves. We need to not be lazy. We need to be all in, into God and following him. Sometimes we got to get this push internally by the Holy Spirit. And and we get this push internally by the Spirit, but we don't know what to do. We know we need to do something, but we aren't sure what it is. Well, no one can tell you other than God and his leading what your call is what the spirit's leading you to do Uh, we use the word as a guide we can use a multitude of counselors to help us reason it out but it's it's really in between the spirit and his leading and our interpretation of that that's gonna give us clarity 
on on God's direction. You know, and something sometimes the best thing for us when we are feeling down or feeling confused is just to continue pushing forward with what you know to do. Keep doing what you know to do. Sometimes you don't need someone to I don't really want to use this word, but you know give in to your desire you're just that that pausing and you get stuck in that pausing and someone's like yeah you just need to take some time for yourself and just some time alone with god and um and just just be alone and there there is a time for that but sometimes you you, you just need someone to push you too uh and and i would define care as differently than than coddling Sometimes care involves pushing, not just pausing. You know, I think we could spend a long time hammering out verses like running the race, uh, and, and that we see in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Uh, but I think we just need to discuss and analyze how to know when we need to pause and when we would need to push. How do we know? How do we think through? How do we figure that out? When do we need to pause in our spiritual lives and our in our pursuit of God's calling and and when do we need to push forward? How how do we know when to wait on God and when to push forward? Well, when we don't know what to do, we do what we know we need to do, right? When we don't know what to do, we do what we know we need to do. There's some very clear things in the Bible that, you know, talks about what we need to be doing. And we know what we need to do. Um, and so uh, think about Acts chapter 1, before the day of Pentecost. The church was to wait. Uh, so they waited, but they waited actively. They, they were still doing things. They were praying. They were uh, making decisions that needed to be made. They were handling business. They were together. Uh, they were praying. And so uh, we, when we wait, when we pause, we need to do it actively. When we're waiting on God, we need to actively wait on God. We pause during our waiting, but our pausing still has a spiritual purpose. It isn't being lazy. And so like when someone takes a sabbatical, you know, it's not just to sit there in front of a TV for three months. Um, there's there's a spiritual purpose. There's activity that still needs to happen. It's not being lazy. It's being purposefully... It's being purposeful when you're pausing is, is what it is for an exten- extended period of time. There's a spiritual purpose to it. We push forward and act once we have clear vision and understanding of what God wants us to do. But we do it with pauses, not for weeks, months, and years without pausing, right? Um, So when you know what God wants you to do, you just go after it. You go after it, you have clear vision, understanding, and you just go after it and keep going and keep going and keep going. But don't forget to pause in that so you don't burn out. What if we face resistance in pushing forward? Well, I think we must ask ourselves first, why is there resistance? 
Um, if we're getting res- who is the resistance coming from? There could be legitimacy to resistance and pushing forward with with our vision and what God's led us to do. There could be legitimacy to the resistance. God could be speaking to you through the resistance. Uh, so there needs to be clear communication and understanding. Take time to get that clear, to communicate clearly, and to take time as best as you can to understand others. Um, sometimes there's a need for a neutral third party to help this clear communication and understanding to happen. Um, in our ministry, we call that mediation, you know, a conversation guider, um, somebody who could come into a church uh, before a church falls apart, before pastors start resigning uh, because they feel forced to resign, uh, you know, to, to, to deal with conflicts. And by dealing with, I mean, just there being a safe time and place and purposeful time and place with a, with a neutral third party coming in to guide clear communication and understanding in all parties. And we understand, uh, you know, that's, that's not a guarantee that things are going to end up how you want them to end up. Uh, I mean, things could still go forward in what you would consider as a negative sense. But even with that, just that there might be some more clarity there might be a better sense of closure if the situation ends to a moving on from one party. Um, but, you know, there there's a potential, too, that there could be a reconciliation, that there could be a continuing on together. And so uh, I don't want to... I want I want to recommend a mediator uh, to you guys. Uh, we mediate for free. Gabby is qualified. I know she's a woman, which bothers some people, uh, but there's no reason it should bother you. Um, she's not going to charge you. Uh, some mediators charge twenty five hundred dollars a day plus travel expenses, um, and so uh, she can save you and your church a lot of money. Um, and a lot of time and a lot of heartbreak, uh, potentially. And so I highly recommend her. I know dozens and dozens of others who would highly recommend her. Um, she's not going to tell you what to do. That's not what mediators do. Uh, as a mediator, she won't be acting in that situation as a counselor or even a coach or as a leader to you. But just a mediator, just a go-between, just a facilitator to say, you know, I hear this is what you guys are saying. Um, is that how you, is that how this party feels too? Do they, is that what is being communicated? Is that how the other party is hearing it? Is there clarity in that? And so it's, it's a really great time to discuss things that need to be discussed instead of just ending in confusion and without um, reconciliation and there's a really bad endings like well here's a mediator so there's less bad endings I mean come on guys get over yourselves get over yourselves
When it comes to depression, sometimes pausing is not helpful. Sometimes we just need to push forward and do what we need, even if we don't feel like it. And so, yeah, you may not feel like getting up and getting at it, but you got to get up and get at it. And it's best for you. When you're down, you may not feel like going on. You need to keep going on. When you're grieving, you may not feel like moving forward, but you need to continue moving forward. Don't get stuck in your grief and don't give up on your calling. Keep moving forward. I want to share with you some uh, some notes from a book, uh, Sending Well by, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Dino Senesi. Um Anyways, it's called Sending Well. It's a coaching book. It's, you can find it that way um, if, you're, if you're interested, which if you're in coaching, uh, I would recommend it. And if you're in ministry, I'd recommend it. I'd pretty much recommend a coach for anybody um, and in different stages of life. There's there's a benefit to, to coaching. Um, you know, number one point, the first point I want to bring out is every leader needs a coach. Leaders need to plan, to process, plan, assess, and debrief. For processing, coach, coaches can help clear, can help provide clarity. For planning, coaches can help help think through action steps. For assessing, coaches can help you think through dis, through discovery. Um, for debriefing, coaches can help you with holding you accountable. second thing I want to bring out is coaches will listen and ask. They won't tell you what to do. Sometimes we have to put on our coaching hat. Sometimes we have to put on our counseling hat. And honestly, Gabby and I, we both prefer counseling from more of a coaching style where we ask more questions. Uh, I don't really like telling people what to do. Um, you know, a lot of my homework and stuff is, 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 you know, geared from the, from the Bible to, to help you. Um, but I don't, I don't like telling people what to do and, and coaching basically the one being coached is telling themselves what they need to do. And then the, the counselor or the coach is just the one uh, encouraging and helping in that and affirming that. Uh, the third thing I want to mention is coaching is different than counseling. A counselor helps, solve a personal crisis counselors function much like emergency room doctors addressing a certain pain point er doctors start with the pain and hope to provide both temporary relief and long-term healing the key word for counselors is relief part of the counseling process involves reaching into the past to help people understand how they got to their current pain point whether that's in marriage parenting uh, finances in your career and so on and then from figuring out how you got to their current point, moving into the present. Uh, as emergency room doctors, counselors are instruments of help and healing. They're committed to cure sometimes, to relieve often, to comfort always. Discerning coaches know when the planter they coach needs a counselor and they make referrals without hesitation, but coaches are different from counselors. Um... <clears throat> So in counseling, I assign your homework and coaching, you assign your own homework. The one being coached assigns their own homework. Fourth thing, the last thing I want to mention from this book is coaching 
is different. Coach, a coach helps a leader move forward in pursuit of their relationship with God and their unique kingdom assignment. A coach is like a taxi driver. Drivers share their vehicle to help you get to places you need to be. The passenger sets the destination in a highly relational process. The driver serves the passenger by getting them to the next place in a safe and timely manner. The key word for coaches is implementation. A great coach helps leaders turn truth into action. The role of a coach is unique. It's not to be another voice talking to the planter, uh, as important as some of those voices are. A coach comes alongside a church planter to draw what is already being poured in. Right? And we know that verse from t- Proverbs 25. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding would draw it out. So a coach's voice is the asking voice, and the coach's uh, most basic tools are listening well and asking questions. A church planner coach fulfills his role on the team by providing a safe place for an often overwhelmed church planter. Let us be a safe place for you. Let us be a safe place for you, wherever you're at, in your ministry. Currently, we do financial coaching, leadership coaching, parent coaching. Usually, we just find out whether to pursue counseling or coaching upon talking to someone. Sometimes that person already knows. I want to leave you with this. Keep pushing. Don't give up. Keep pursuing the call. We'll end with Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 that we mentioned earlier. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance that the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Until next time. This has been the Heartway Podcast, where we seek to help with issues at the source.